0: And to be perfectly frank, there have been times when members or leaders in the church have simply made mistakes. There may have been things said or done that were not in harmony with our values, principles, or doctrine. Brothers and sisters, Stay in the boat, use your life jackets, hold on with both hands, avoid distractions. Give Brother Joseph a break. Some have asserted that more members are leaving the church today and that there is more doubt and unbelief than in the past. This is simply not true. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has never been stronger. How can homosexual members of the church, first I want to change the question, there are no homosexual members of the church. Questions are honored, but opposition is not. I think we'd also have to be honest, there may be some of these questions that there is no answer to. Yes. Those are going to be the ones we avoid.
1: Doubt your doubts. Welcome to the Cognitive Dissidence Podcast, where we dive into the psychology of religion and often use the religion of Mormonism as the background to demonstrate these ideas within psychology. I'm your host, Bill Reel, and grateful for the chance to be with you today. Today, we want to talk about the illusory effect, or in other words, testimony is gained in the bearing of it. Another way to seek a testimony seems astonishing when compared with the methods of obtaining
0: other knowledge. We gain or strengthen a testimony by bearing it. Someone even suggested that some testimonies are better gained on the feet bearing them
1: than on the knees praying for them. Now think about this idea. So within religion, if you are part of the true belief system. Pick whatever belief system you want to pick. And if you want to have a testimony of that belief system, and this religion wants you to have a testimony in situations where otherwise perhaps you do not have one, you often see that religion encourage you to bear a testimony that you prior to standing up didn't think you had and then in the bearing of that testimony you'll get a testimony and this was Dallin h oaks member of the quorum of the 12 apostles but mormonism teaches this idea continually such as right here
0: president boyd k packer said a testimony is to be found in the bearing of it somewhere in your quest for spiritual knowledge there is that leap of faith, as the philosophers call it. It is the moment when you have gone to the edge of the light and stepped into the darkness to discover that the way is lighted ahead just for just a footstep or two, Close quote.
1: That was Joseph B. Worthlin, who was a former member of the Quorum of the Twelve. And, and you see, he's repeating this same idea. And the idea he gives credit to in terms of it originating is from Boyd K. Packer, who was at one time previously the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But what Joseph B. Worthlin dives into next, the very next thing he says after that quote, is of the utmost importance as we examine this illusory effect.
0: Making a determined and confident public statement of your belief is such a step into the unknown. It has a powerful effect in strengthening your own convictions Bearing testimony drives your faith deeper into your soul, and you believe more fervently than before.
1: In other words, when you make a statement of belief that you currently don't believe, he's saying that God will come in and give you a testimony of the very belief you didn't have as you bear testimony of it. And I think when we're inside the tribe, when we are inside the box, it is easy to point our finger at God and say, look what he did. Look what he did. I bore testimony of something I didn't have a testimony of. And as I was doing that, or maybe even over many times of doing it, suddenly I got the belief that I was bearing testimony of that I didn't have as I was bearing testimony of it. And the question becomes, if we can step outside of our tribe, is there something else going on That explains this same type of idea. And so what we come to is this thing called the illusory effect. The illusory truth effect, also known as the truth effect, the illusion of truth effect, the reiteration effect, the validity effect, and the frequency validity relationship, is the tendency to believe information to be correct after repeated exposure. One science writer has explained it as follows. Why are so many people convinced that we only use 10% of our brains? Or that Eskimos have a certain number of words for snow? The answer is the illusory truth effect. This phenomenon was first identified in 1977 at Villanova University and Temple University. It has in recent years been equated by some researchers with the concept of truthiness, a term coined by American comedian Stephen Colbert. So let's dive a little bit into the history. Now, this is the general idea. So this, this tends to cover an umbrella of multiple ways in which we begin to believe something the more we hear it, repeat it, uh, observe it, whatever it is. But that the way in which we're saying it, observing it, hearing it, is not tied directly to what's actually happening within reality or where the facts lead us, but rather that within the bubble that we're in, it is being presented to us and we are saying it in a way that the culture or the in-group is asking us to do so. In other words, it's, and I don't mean this in like a, a negative mean way, but this is a form of manipulation. You're manipulating your beliefs you're manipulating the data you're manipulating the observable experience you're manipulating what it is we're saying or hearing in a way as to limit somebody to a certain kind of experience that gives that person the very thing that you want them to believe so if we dive into the history the the effect was first named and defined following the results in a study from 1977 On three occasions, Lynn Hasher, David Goldstein, and Thomas Topino presented the same group of college students with list of 60 plausible statements, some of them true, and some of them false. The second list was distributed two weeks after the first, and the third two weeks after that. Twenty statements appeared on all three lists. The other 40 items on each list were unique to that list. Participants were asked how confident they were of the truth or falsity of the statements which concerned matters about which they were unlikely to know anything. For example, the first Air Force base was launched in New Mexico. Or, basketball became an Olympic discipline in 1925. Specifically, the participants were asked to grade their belief in the truth of each statement on a scale of 1 to 7. While participants' confidence in the truth of the non-repeated statements remained steady, their confidence in the truth of the repeated statements increased from the first to the second and the second to the third sessions, with an average score for those items rising from 4.2 to 4.6 to 4.7. The conclusion made by the researchers who were from Villanova and Temple Universities was that the repeating a statement makes it more likely to appear factual. In 1989, Hale R. Arks, Catherine Hackett, and Larry Bohm essentially replicated the original study with similar results, which was published in Europe's Journal of Psychology. So that's the general idea, but it becomes more specific if we look into the idea of the Reiteration Effect, and it applies more directly here to what we're talking about. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I don't want this episode to go long, but I at least need to say that there was a study done titled The Reiteration Effect in Hindsight Bias, and what it was basically doing is trying to figure out why when people look back on a belief that they have and they recall it, that that belief got stronger and they couldn't explain exactly why that happened until they discovered the reiteration effect. The, the folks in the study are Ralph Hertwig, Gerd Giggenser, and Ulrich Hoffridge. And I know I'm, I'm probably pronouncing at least that middle name wrong, if not all three. But here's the, the heading at the top of their study. It says, repetition of an assertion increases the degree of belief in that assertion. Think about that for a moment. That when we recall a belief or state a belief, confidence will increase in that belief. And so you can go online and you can read all these studies that you want to, but you have to realize whether inside Mormonism, inside Catholicism, inside Hinduism, inside Islam, inside Jehovah Witnesses, inside Scientology, it doesn't matter. If you can get a group of people to repeat over and over beliefs that at, at the very beginning they did not have, as they repeat those beliefs, their belief in that thing, the confidence in that thing, will grow stronger and stronger. It doesn't matter whether the belief is really true or not. It's simply the reiteration effect. And when we look back on religion generally, and using the LDS or Mormon examples that we did, we recognize that, that simply repeating something causes the strength of our conviction in that thing to increase. So the goal would be, right, if we want to not believe in false things, then the goal would be to be aware of this concept and to try our best to recognize when others are encouraging us to utilize it And for us to see when we're kind of doing it on our own and to try our best to parse that out or separate it. Again, we're all going to do this to some extent. We do it naturally within our lives, but religious institutions that survive on people believing a certain thing, or political institutions for that matter, and other in-group, out-group types of dynamics where we need the people in the group to hold a certain belief and to be loyal to the belief and to be willing to defend it, you're going to see this piece of psychology at work. And it's not that people are being evil and doing it intentionally knowing what it is. Rather think about it for a moment. If you're in a religion and you suggest people do this thing and this thing ends with people having a stronger belief in the religion, then you're going to see that as some tender mercy of God. When the reality is, it's essentially a psychological phenomenon. And and we're better off if we can understand it. So whether it's Mormonism, whether it's some other religion, what the belief is matters little if one has to repeat the belief and over and over for the belief to get stronger, and even if it does. This has been the Cognitive Dissidence Podcast. Today we've talked about the illusory effect, and the reiteration effect, and the idea that real, true testimony may not be gained in the bearing. And to be perfectly frank,
0: there have been times when members or leaders in the church have simply made mistakes. There may have been things said or done that were not in harmony with our values, principles, or doctrine. Brothers and sisters, stay in the boat. Use your life jackets. Hold on with both hands. Avoid distractions. Give Brother Joseph a break. Some have asserted that more members are leaving the church today and that there is more doubt and unbelief than in the past. This is simply not true. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has never been stronger. How can
1: homosexual members of the church, first I want to change the question. There are no homosexual members of the church.
0: Questions are honored, but opposition is not. I think we'd also have to be honest. There may be some of these questions that there is no answer to. Yes. Those are going to be the ones we avoid. Doubt your doubts.